Once again, New Jersey Transit is our location as Cranford Radio and Transportation Radio talk to another person. Last month, we spoke with Kevin Corbett, the CEO and president of NJ Transit. And today I'm with Stuart Mater. He is the chief customer experience officer and customer advocate at New Jersey Transit. Stuart, welcome to Transportation Radio and Cranford Radio. Bernie, thanks very much. I'm very glad to be here. Well, you and I have known each other from before you joined NJ Transit, which wasn't all that long ago. Tell us a bit about your background, and we gave the title, but what does that encompass? Sure. That's a great question. Yes, we have. I mean, I remember coming out uh, coming out on the RVL to visit you in Cranford, and it's it's always nice to, to get out and around the state, and we've had some great conversations around transportation and railroading and the history of it in New Jersey. So, um, so I joined New Jersey Transit in April of uh, 2019 as Chief Customer Experience Officer and Customer Advocate, and it's a new position for the company, and it is partially born out of the reform legislation that was passed uh, in uh, 2018 and, and signed by Governor Murphy. Part of that legislation established a position of Customer Advocate which is intended to be a broad-based position that works with everybody throughout the organization to, in a holistic, broad way, enhance customer experience. So everything from, I think of customer experience as starting long before you get on a vehicle, a bus or rail or light rail vehicle, it starts when you make the decision to take transit. Can it get you where you need to go? So that means looking at our app, our website, social media, it starts there and then carries through to the station experience, the onboard experience, and then ultimately getting you to your destination. In coming into this position, New Jersey Transit really elevated it with with Chief Customer Experience Officer into a position that is at the executive level and that's empowered and positioned to really make broad change in the organization. And one of the things that's really important to me in doing that is building relationships with people throughout the organization. You know, every so often people will say, you know, shouldn't this guy be up at the lectern sort of attaching his 95 theses to the church door, so to speak? And my view on it is essential to making broad positive change is getting to know the people that are in various positions throughout the organization and professionals who are great at what they do and working to build relationships with them and then among them. And really, that's really one of the most important things about customer experience. In fact, sometimes people will ask me, what's the difference between customer service and customer experience? And customer service really is it's your one-on-one. It's you, you know, you need to have, you know, you're looking for help on a particular route or trip planning, or you have an issue that you need help resolving. Maybe you bought the wrong ticket, or maybe the ticket machine wasn't available the day you needed, that type of thing. So it's really a lot about individual attention, personalized one-on-one, whereas customer experience is really looking at it at the sort of 30,000-foot level. How do we ensure a consistent, high-quality experience for everybody throughout the system? And the, and they really work hand-in-hand, because the more we enhance the customer experience, the more it helps customer service be focused on the essentially the exception to the rule, the things that need to be resolved that fall outside of the the norm. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile before we got together, and I noticed you have a degree in chemistry. How did you make the transition from science to working with transit? That's a great question. Way back when, I originally, so I, I grew up in a family that our our hobby was the dog show world. We were involved in, so if you've ever seen the movie Best in Show, it was a little like that. I thought that I wanted to be a veterinarian or work in some way in scientific research, and so I went for an undergraduate degree in in chemistry. And what I found while I was doing that is what really interested me most was how you communicate 
esoteric topics in science to people. Essentially, how do you get people who are thinking about a career in science or thinking about working in, in the field to understand it better? And at the student level, how do you take you know, really esoteric concepts like spectroscopy, which is really the study of light interaction with matter, how do you make something like that relatable and relevant to people. And I actually worked on a project. It was it was actually funded by NASA through something called the National Space Grant Program to write a curriculum for teaching science that focused on real-world applications. So, for example, you know, if, if you put food in an, a regular oven, your food gets hot, but your plate also gets hot. You touch it, you might burn your hands. Well, if you put that same food in a microwave and warm it up, you can take often take the plate out without it being hot. Why is that? Well, it's because in a regular oven, you have essentially thermal heat energy being blasted into everything, so everything picks that up and gets warm. A microwave is essentially microwave light wavelength is is essentially stimulating molecules, water molecules in the food. Since a plate doesn't have water molecules in it, it doesn't get as hot. That's a really cool way of helping people understand what microwave light is, and it's an introduction into explaining kind of the light spectrum and getting into the scientific applications. Another one is, you know, sports injuries. If you have an MRI or a CT scan, that is all essentially using various wavelengths of light to image the body. So you take real-world applications like that, and you you get people excited about that and kind of connected to the relevance, you've now got them open to understanding, well, here's the underlying science behind it. So it was really all about communication. It's how do you communicate something that is essentially deep insider professional knowledge to people who are kind of have a lay understanding and hopefully draw them in to be more more engaged in it and some, you know, and a lot of that really transfers to transportation, too. So I worked earlier in my career in the technology world, worked in the startup world for a bit, and eventually worked in finance as well. All the common thread throughout my career has been customer experience and communication. How do you take complicated concepts, communicate them, and help better educate your customer base? And what I found over the, the last few years, I got very involved with the Port Authority and PATH and in helping them establish the PATH Riders Council, which is their customer advisory board. And what I found in doing that is I really loved working around transportation, and I just wanted to do more of it. We're at this time really where transportation, there's, there's a growing recognition that transportation and getting transportation right is essential to economy, quality of life. It's responding to shifts in patterns in how people want to live. People want to be in more walkable, transit-rich communities. There are benefits, even if you drive part of the time, or if you work in a career, a job that requires you to drive, let's say you work in the trades or you work in delivery or what have you, work in you know, traveling sales, Getting transit right actually makes your life better even if you never take transit because, you know, the more people that can take transit that, that are able to and it serves them, the less congestion we have on the roads. That makes the experience better. And also, you know, from a fiscal standpoint, is less wear and tear on roads. So the investment in roads actually lasts longer as if we're balancing it and we're investing the right way in, in the transit system too. Did you find your experience with PATH is similar to the experiences you've had so far with NJ Transit. Obviously, both run rail vehicles, steel wheels on steel rails. Both are between states. They're both underground in large part. What are some of the similarities, and also what are some of the differences? One of the experiences that I, most vivid experiences for me in my time working with PATH was 
on a Friday night going with a work crew uh, and walking from World Trade Center to Exchange Place, walking through the tunnels with a crew that was working on signals and track maintenance. That was, you know, I, that was a, a vivid experience for me and, and something I, I think about a lot because it's, you really see the value of a transit system when you're down underground, so to speak, when you're on the right of way and you see the work that goes into building it. And in that way, our path system in New Jersey Transit's are very similar. One of the biggest similarities, I think, between both systems is we and they are stewards of systems that were built a long time ago and are absolutely essential to the region and require an incredible level of care and investment, both in dollars but also in the professional sort of hours of work, the kind of elbow grease that goes in, the blood, sweat, and tears to maintain those systems. And and the people that do that work, you know, they're often unseen. They're in there at night. They're in there on the weekends. They're, they're working at the times when the public, the majority of the public isn't traveling out of necessity. And I think one of the most important things that we need to do is make sure that everybody understands that because, you know, an educated customer is a, is a, is a great advocate, is an educated advocate for investment in their own system, which ultimately benefits them. If customers help us, you know, if we tell our story and we we show what it takes to run a system of the scale we run, that empowers our customers to understand what we need to make the system run really well for them. And collectively, their voices are incredibly important and powerful in that. You talked about explaining complex scientific principles to laymen. And you talk about some of the hidden things that go on with transit. You know, a person who's a, a customer gets on a train, gets on a bus, gets on a light rail vehicle, and that's pretty much what they see. They don't see some of the infrastructure that's behind it, whether it's a bus garage and all the work that goes on there, or the signal system, the, the track maintenance, things of that sort. Do you find yourself trying to explain some of those more complex topics to customers as they come up to you and they have questions? I do. Um, one of the things customers will ask uh, in conversation sometimes is what certain esoteric terms mean. For instance, I've been asked, what is a deadhead? What does that mean, deadheading? And that's a railroad term if you have a train that's being repositioned. So it's moving from one yard to another to be in the right position to run to, to run what we call revenue service, essentially to carry passengers, customers. So you know, terms like that will come up. And one of the things that that's a good reminder to me is as we're looking at and, and working on enhancing how we communicate with customers to always use the most accessible, the most inclusive terms, and to try to remember that the industry terms that we use as shorthand, and they're, value, they're, they're valuable to have those terms, because when you're talking to somebody else on the railroad, they don't need, you know, we don't need to have a five-word explanation when one word will do, and everybody knows what it means. The key for us is, and, and sort of in drawing customers in to, to better understand the system, is to know when to switch over and use the terms that the average person's going to go, okay, I get exactly what you're talking about. As you've talked to customers on the rail side, on the bus side, on the light rail side, what are some of the biggest issues that you're hearing from them? Uh, You know, I'm out on the system all the time. In fact, I commute on our system every day during rush hour. Uh, both morning and evening, and in fact, long before I joined New Jersey Transit, I my first real you know contact with New Jersey Transit was as a bus customer. So you know, taking the bus into into New York when I worked in Manhattan, and I think that for us, for customers, the big things are the things you'd expect. People want their train or bus to come when they expect it. They want to be able to get a ride when they need to go and get where they need to go. And so, reliability of you know knowing that the train or bus is going to come when you need it to. 
you know, a comfortable ride. For some people, that means a comfortable seat. Other people, some people like to stand and have their preferred place on the train where they like to go and so forth. And this, the sense that we're in it together with them, that we, that we believe in what we're doing and we are, you know, representing what we do well. We, we, we step out and, and represent our state and our, and our transit system well. I think those are the things that really matter because if we, getting those things right is essential to giving people the experience that then allows them to help us deliver more of that, to help us get the resources we need to scale up and do even more. New Jersey Transit is different, if not unique, from other transit agencies in that it's a statewide transit agency. You have service in Cape May. You have service out to Hackettstown. As you go around the system and talk to different customers, do you find that there are different needs and different concerns based on where they happen to be or maybe what line, if, if it's a particular bus line or a particular transit line that they're taking versus customers on another transit line or in another part of the state? I do. Uh, you know, the, I think that generally where we have the highest concentration of our, you know, our network, the places where we have that, customers often will tell me that one of the most important things is frequency of service. They, you know, they want to be able to, increasingly people want to be able to jump on transit. Transit and, and driving, the difference I think between the two of them, at least in my experience, is there's a front-end simplicity to driving. You hop in the car and you go whenever you want to. But there's a, a back-end, so to speak, or an in-process is where you have the risk that things go wrong. There's congestion. There's a collision up ahead on the road. You're sort of stuck. You're later. You arrive later than you expected to. The difference between that and transit is you have a little more work up front with transit. You've got to look at the timetable, the you know the real time, see when your vehicle's coming, and you've got to get to your train and or, or bus to leave. But then once you're on, the rest of the experience is essentially you're being chauffeured where you need to go. So, and I think that one of the big important things for us to do is help people navigate that and think think about that difference and also make sure that our service allows that difference to be as small as possible. So the ease of jumping in the car and the ease of jumping on the train or bus, the closer we can, the smaller we can make that gap, the easier it is for people to make the decision to take transit. A lot of people, when they're going from point A to point B, they're using New Jersey Transit for part of the trip, but maybe they're making a connection with one of the other transit agencies that connects with NJ Transit. It could be SEPTA down in Trenton, or it could be the MTA with subways, Metro North, Long Island Railroad, or it could be PATH, which we talked about. Do you have interactions with those other agencies to see how you can make that transition more seamless? I do, uh, and that's, to me, one of the most fun parts of the job. So having you know spent the better part of half a decade working very closely with staff at PATH through PATH Riders Council, I've got relationships there that I rely on on a regular basis. When we can help out when they're doing work, you know, we cross honor when they're, you know, when necessary and vice versa. Our transit systems are run by different agencies, and a lot of that is, you know, you can trace back in the history and see, you know, where and uh, the sort of where and why of that. But in the day-to-day, we're really all in it for the same reason. We're all trying to do the same thing, which is, which is carry people where they need to go, keep our region moving. And I think the more we, we stay focused on that and use that as our common thread, the better we are in serving the whole region and in thinking on a regional level. For people who do want to get in touch with you, perhaps they have a concern or just a question, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? 
There's a couple a couple ways. Uh, number one is I'm out riding the system regularly, so you'll probably see me out on the buses and trains. And I love to talk to people. Come up to me and have a chat whenever I'm out on the system. I was you know I'm out on a regular basis, and I I love to talk with customers. I love to hear thoughts, ideas, insights that come directly from customers because that is what I bring back into when we're in meetings and we're planning around, you know, service enhancement, service changes, we're thinking about, you know, our strategy for transit, the insights that come directly from customers are very powerful in those conversations. And I can draw on that. And that's also a strength of this position. You know, everybody who works with me knows when I bring insights in from customers, it's from those conversations out on the system, and that's that's really critical. So love to talk to people in person. I'm very active on social media, at Stuart Mater, and love to talk with customers there. And I take a lot of the insights that I hear, the conversations that I have with people online, and in similar fashion to the, the onboard conversations, those feed into the work that we're doing as well. We've been talking today on Transportation Radio and Cranford Radio to Stuart Mater. He is the Chief Customer Experience Officer and Customer Advocate at New Jersey Transit. Stuart, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Bernie, it's been my pleasure, and i um, happy to go out with you now. I'm going to be outgoing to talk with some customers on the RVL, so would love to have you join me for a little bit. Sounds great. Thank you.